Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast interview. I am Chip Brown of Horns247.com. Happy to be joined by former Oklahoma State All-American offensive lineman. Now you can hear him uh, with John Hoover on 97-1 in Tulsa. The one and only Sam Mays. Sam, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Staying busy this uh, football season. I'm actually back on 98-1 in Oklahoma City also. So I'm pulling double duty. And I uh, got some podcast stuff going on, too, just like you, and staying busy for sure. Well, let's make sure we got that, too. 98.1 in Oklahoma City, and uh, and give us the podcast. Yeah, the Sam Mays podcast. You can hear find it anywhere you find podcasts. And I'm also doing something new uh, called Game Day Live. And what I do on Saturdays with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State is actually live stream throughout the entire game, uh, giving in-game commentary, which is pretty cool. So... Uh, if you guys are around, want to check that out? You can find it. Go to just my Twitter account at All American Maze. Uh, that's not at All American at All American Maze. And uh, no, I didn't misspell it. I was just drunk and you know crazy <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> I just left it that way. Uh, but yeah, check it out it's on Saturdays. I love it. I love it. Um, all right. So Sam, obviously we're we're talking Texas Oklahoma State, and I mean. Everyone is talking about this Oklahoma State TCU game um, where Oklahoma State gets out to a nice lead. Um, They're leading at different times in the second half. And then TCU somehow, some way, well, Max Duggan, Quentin Johnston, Kendra Miller uh, get this thing tied up into overtime and then TCU finds a way to win this thing 43 to 40. Um, I'll just say thoughts and, you know, where, where was it going right? Where did it break down and just let you go? So first let's, let me say this. Can we get a shout out to big 12 coaches, right? Every single week in this league, every single game, you got a couple of dudes that know what they're doing, right? And I think what you saw really kind of in the one, I will say this, I think Spencer Sanders body started to break down a little bit to probably mid, you know, midway through that second quarter going into halftime. Because he was banged up coming in. He did not practice. Right. right. Yeah. There was rumors that he wasn't even going to play. And so I think that you saw him, he's a tough kid. It's his non-throwing shoulder, but the way that he plays the game and he played it the way he does all game. Like I give him credit for taking the hits that he was taking. Um, but you could see that it was starting to take a toll on him. So as that offense starts to go three and out and, and not be able to stay in the field, 
look, the Oklahoma State defensive line is full of NFL players, big physical dudes. The one thing they cannot do is spend a whole lot of time on the football field, right? Like, the, and so you saw them start to get more snaps, more reps. Like they're out there constantly because the offense can't sustain a drive. And I think by the end of the game, they were just petered out. Uh, so I think that Sanders' health probably started it. I think Gundy mismanaged it a bit in the second half. Uh, I think he made some decisions that he probably is going to regret, and it just fell apart. But at the same time, on the flip side, you know, I gave the shout out to to coaches, Chip. I mean, they know what the hell they're doing in TCU. They went into halftime and came out with a plan. Like that's why teams look like that with first year coaches. It's not because it's dumb luck. It's because somehow, some way, he has won the hearts and minds, and he has installed a system that is digestible. And not only is it digestible, but he's in halftime making big changes, you know, finding a way to have success. So I think that, you know, Gundy, uh, Gundy Dykes round one goes to Dykes. You know, I think he just did a better job at halftime at dealing with what Mike had planned. And, you know, the slow, um, the slow, uh, God, what's what I'm looking for? Uh, substitutions and things like that. He had to figure it out, right? He had to figure out what to do offensively. Uh, and he did. So I think it was just that's a that's two very good football teams. That's a great representation of this year's Big 12. There's no weekends off, Chip. None. And it's and it's awesome to see that we've got, you know, nine very good football teams. Well, you look at uh, TCU. Now they're the the absolute team to beat. Um, before we get to Oklahoma State and what uh, what the Cowboys have been through up to this point, um, Tell me what you think of of uh, of TCU. I think they're. I think you know the other thing that we have in common along with coaches in this league is we have excellent offensive line play, right? Texas and Kansas are the only two offensive lines in the league that don't have uh, veterans across the board, and Texas has got a first round freshman, right? So like they're not bad, and Kansas those dudes are really good there too. They did a great job yesterday blocking. This whole league is full of big-time offensive lines. I think that TCU's got a couple of dudes that got NFL potential. I think the middle of that def- that offensive line is real nasty. They make it very difficult on linebackers to have success. They're physical for four quarters, and there is a comfortableness with Max Duggan, and you can tell. Like, they protect that kid. His mobility helps him, but that offensive line is a spearhead of that offense, along with what I would call probably the most underrated receiving core in college football. Like, where do those kids come from? They've got size, they've got speed, they got elusivity. Those kids can flat out play the game, and they're extremely well coached. They block well, they run routes well, they catch the ball well, right? They play defense when they need to because their quarterback is not perfect, but they are bailing him out. Like, that's a well-coached football team. And so I, I do believe that they're the number one team in the conference and the team to beat. And look, as Duggan can stay healthy, I mean, that dude's he should be on some Heisman list right now. Yeah. I don't know how he couldn't be after this week, as the way that he's played the game of football this year has been unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, Duggan's been unbelievable. Um, all right, let's get back to the Cowboys, because uh, obviously Texas coming to Stillwater, and Texas just hangs on. Um, <laughs> big time turnover forced on a forced fumble there at the end of the Iowa State game, preserves a 24-21 win for Texas. Uh, that was a harrowing experience that took a fourth and three, uh, you know, pass to to Xavier Worthy for a touchdown with 4:43 left to to get the game-winning points. Um, so Texas comes into this game uh, on a three-game winning streak, 
and Oklahoma State, as you mentioned. Um, Spencer Sanders, where do you think he is physically, and and where do you think this Oklahoma State team is mentally? Can we talk about Texas Iowa State real quick? Sure. So Iowa State's the best defense in the league, period. period. I agree. And so what an accomplishment by the Longhorns, right? They're getting the thing that I love about Texas. And finally, thank God, some, finally some coach has got his roots in the ground. And you can very much see it. So as a season goes along here, you know, that Texas offense is changing. They're getting more confidence in the offensive line. Bijan's not out there just doing it by himself. The Ewers kid is the captain of the Bad News Bears. I love him, right? He's like a real jerk in the way that he plays the game. Give me a quarterback like that any day. Like Peyton Manning was a real jerk. No one will really ever talk about it, but like there's a there's an arrogance about the way he plays, and I would love to block for him. So they got a leader now. They got a gunslinger now, and he's got a little attitude to him. Texas is impressive. That was an impressive win by a team that's still – I think they're still trying to figure out – how far they can push this offense. I would love to see them get another, like a third or fourth option in that receiving core that I felt real good about, you know, give that kid, because I think he's, you know, he's got such big time weapons. The two uh, mains got Worthy and um, what is Whittington. it? Yeah, those two dudes are, like, I want to throw the ball to him also, but the more that he can kind of spread the wealth, the better he's going to be. Texas is good, man. And, and I think that the confidence that they'll get from beating that Iowa, like if I was Sarkeesian in the meeting room today, I'm like, y'all beat the best defense in the league, period. Right? The Oklahoma State looks like the boogeyman defensively, no doubt. Those dudes get off the bus and they are not messing around across the board. Oliver, uh, uh, Trace Ford is healthy and just an absolute badass. The Everest kid is fantastic in the middle. They got uh, the Aussie kid. Those two dudes in the middle for Oklahoma State might be the most improved players in the league this year. Like they, we all knew they had defensive ends, but those two in the middle have really stepped up in a big way. Do they have the same linebacker play that you saw in Ames or with, with Iowa State? Probably not. Secondary is as good as Iowa State? It's probably not. And if Sanders isn't 100% and able to play the game the way that he plays it, you know, this looks like a Texas win to me. I think that the Longhorns have proven uh, that they are one of the better teams in this league. You know, and and it's been it's been amazing to see. Like I, I've told you this before, I'm an, I'm an old uh, Oklahoma State guy, like I played against Vince Young and those boys, like the Texas teams that I played against were Titans. Like I love, I have a lot of pride in playing against that brand. So when I get to see them, you know, stand up, get off their backs, you know, it's been a decade of just hot garbage, right? I mean, it's a, and it's just unbelievable that it took this long, but it's starting to look like I think the train is on the tracks, right? I think that they are moving in the right direction and building speed. And yeah, I think this is going to be a tough one at Oklahoma State if, if Sanders is not healthy. The big question coming in on Oklahoma State's offense was who was going to run the football. Size up the Oklahoma State running game for me. So the Oklahoma State offensive line is pretty good too, right? They've uh, There's a bunch of good lines in this league. I would say there's like eight real good offensive lines. Um, I think the Cowboys are dealing with some health issues. Gundy can't just catch a break with his offensive lines. It's been a decade of him, you know, guys getting hurt, guys retiring, guys just stepping away from the game. And I'm like, why can't you – uh, stabilized there, but I think they've got a good group. You know, they're not, they don't play a whole lot of bully ball, but they're good with their hands. They're good in positioning and, and getting good blocks in that way. And I like the the backfield too. You know, I think they got a, a two headed monster back there in Richardson and uh, the, the uh, 
oh what is his name gordon yeah i think those two are are uh are pretty good you know they get up the field and they have one cuts and a lot of speed and yeah the running game is i would give it probably um you know b plus you know and, and i would never expect them to be as good at doing it this year so i think that's been a, a big part of why they've been able to maybe yeah b probably a b why they've been able to have some success offensively and then when you size up who Spencer Sanders is throwing it to, um, how would you assess the the Oak State passing game? Uh, I would tell you that it is one of the just crazy. It's like death taxes and Mike Gundy having a receiving core. I mean, he's got a bunch of guys out there that do a great job. They all run great routes. They all block downfield well. They all uh, have great speed and can stretch the stretch the field. I mean, it's gonna it's not an easy cover for Oklahoma State. Uh, it, it really isn't. Those guys are do a pretty good job. You know, I think the second the offensive line has got to give them time. Um, I think what we saw from Texas Tech was, you know, the center goes down and all of a sudden Sanders is under pressure and he's not great as far as throwing the ball under pressure. Like he'll he'll take off on you in a heartbeat, but his his go to under pressure is not to turn his hips and look down the field to find somebody open. Right? Those are the, when you get those big plays like you're seeing Texas get when all of a sudden Worthy's like run a hundred yard dash and you're like, how did he get down there? You know, and, but it's, they're always looking to throw the ball, uh, which is cool. So um, I think they're all pretty good. you know, I, they, they, there's not one that stands out to me. I think it's just, I would give that group an A almost every year. They're excellent. All right, let's take a quick break here on the flagship podcast, talking to Sam Mays, previewing Texas and Oklahoma state. Uh, they will meet in Stillwater this Saturday. Uh, we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sam, when you when you look at um, this Oklahoma State defense, a lot was made about Jim Knowles uh, moving on to Ohio State. You lose Malcolm Rodriguez. You lose some heart and soul guys kind of from the linebacking core in the back seven of that defense. How have they adjusted under Derek Mason? So I think they've done a pretty good job, and I think that that group improved – each and every week this season, I think they just kind of, kind of got caught in a way that they hadn't been caught this year against TCU. Just a lot of snaps taken in the second half. I think they just kind of tuckered out a little bit. But, you know, the last couple of games, you've seen him make some good halftime adjustments. I think those kids are responding pretty well to him. Um, linebackers, you know, when you have a defensive line that looks like that, the linebackers in Stillwater play free and clear a lot, right? They don't get a whole lot of guys up in the second level that are 
getting full bodies on them. And so that that's a, that's a huge deal when you have young guys that haven't done a ton of experience and uh, to be able to just kind of see the field without a 330 pound guard in your face is, is awesome. So th- that group is pretty good and they've improved a lot uh, as the season's uh, gone along here. Obviously it's not Malcolm Rodriguez back there, but they're not bad by any means. I think they've done a pretty decent job so far. The secondary is the biggest issue, right? I mean, it's, it's, um, it's they just had a very difficult time, and it's I don't think it's they're out of place or, or um, you know that, that, that like they don't know what they're doing. I think they're just not very good yet. I think it's going to take a little time to get that group going. Uh, but Derek Mason's done a good job. I didn't think it was going to be as seamless as it's been. Uh, are they a top five defense like they were a year ago? No, but they are one of the nation's what, probably top forty defenses. They, they do a pretty good job. Yeah, I mean you look at the uh, um, the. The matchup to me, the marquee matchup is probably going to be the Texas offense against the Oklahoma State defense. And if Quinn Ewers, you know, can can find his receivers, uh, how much man is Oklahoma State playing on the outside? Um, how would you assess the coverages of uh, of the Oak State defense? Man, I, I don't think they're going to probably play a ton of man in this situation. Texas has got too much everything right i mean i think you're probably going to see them try to do as much zone as as possible and win up front with your four guys uh, that's kind of the you know the benefit that mike gundy has there defensively is to be able to back it all up you know sit in a in a crowded zone and then allow that defense to go get pressure and they've got guys that will 100% get pressure i think that's kind of what makes this game so interesting to me in favor of texas just because if you kept if you kept yours upright against that Iowa State defense, you're going to probably be able to do so against Oklahoma State's. And that secondary is going to get – they're going to break down eventually, right? You can put a whole bunch of people back there if you want to. Uh, Those guys are just – they're having a hard time keeping up and and being in the right place at the right time. And, you know, Worthy and those guys are – not only do they they play well, but it's that Tiger Woods factor. You know, as soon as he lines up, a a secondary like that's looking at him, and they get – they're going to get fixated. You know, I think this is a game where – uh, the other receivers from Texas are also going to have good days just because, you know, Worthy's out there and he's an all-star. Yeah. Worthy uh, came through big time on that fourth and three. A little whip route um, uh, got loose, and that was uh, easily the biggest uh, fourth down call of Steve Sarkeesian's time at Texas thus far. Sam, Oklahoma State's had a rough – I mean, they've had a tough schedule. You know, they they – they beat Baylor. Uh, they play in a tough up and up and down game with gambling Joey McGuire. He's awesome. <laughs> I he, love he's that just McGuire. like, we're going for it. I don't care. Uh, he beat Texas with it. He almost got Oklahoma State. Uh, and then you look at this game that Oklahoma State just played on the road against TCU. Now they're coming home to play Texas. It's been a it's been a grueling stretch for the Cowboys. Absolutely. It's it's uh, now I want to say they get a break. No, they already had their break. This is it, right? <laughs> they're 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 just going. The big, I mean, who knew, right? I, I think coming into the summer this year, I thought that the Big Twelve was going to be better. I could not have dreamed it was going to look as good and competitive, you know, as it does. And I think at the end of the day, you know, staying healthy is going to help you here, keeping your guys as fresh as possible, and knowing how hard to push them. You know, you got to, you have to, every single week, there, there are no weeks off. You know, there are no, 
oh, we've got Kansas this week or we've got West Virginia this week and they, you know, we're going to go and rest these guys and you guys take this day off. Like, that's not a thing. Like, you've got to be ready to go and play physical, high-intensity football against a coach on the other sidelines that is extremely talented. I mean, it's it is a it's a tough league, you know, and I think that Oklahoma State's got some tough kids. I think they got a veteran presence, a ton of leadership on that team. This is going to be a great game this weekend. It is. It's 100% going to be a great game. I just, my, like I said, my biggest concern, if you tell me Sanders is 100%, I say this is um, probably a 35, 38, either way type of game. Yeah, maybe even a little more than that. Maybe we'll get into the 40s, but I think it's probably a three-point win for one of those teams if they're both healthy. I think it's a shootout. Uh, if if Sanders comes in there and he's not healthy, I just don't think that the Oklahoma State offense has the ability to stay in the field long enough without him doing what he can do, right, that Texas eventually will overwhelm them. You know, I think that, that Ewers is just too good. They're not going to get to him as much as they would maybe hope to. That kid will pick him apart, you know, throughout the game. And, you know, it's a, it's a Texas probably, oh, 35, 28, 24 type of win. 2.30 on ABC, Texas, Oklahoma State, and Stillwater. Um, Sam, what was, what's been Oklahoma State's best win? Oh, definitely going down to Waco. Because it just really proved that if you can move those boys off that defensive line, you can play against anybody in the country. Like, we have, we have very much have a couple of SEC-looking defenses in this league up front. Oklahoma State's looks huge up front, physical, fast. And Siaki Ika and Jackson Player are probably the best defensive tackle combination in the in the country. That's why I'm I'm very excited about the Big 12 because I feel like for the team, if you can get a team through with one loss, right, and get a chance at a semifinal, this might be the first year, Chip, that I feel like we have fostered a true contender, meaning the last decade of putting these teams in there, the conference hasn't battle-tested them hasn't built them for anything, hasn't prepared them for what they would see in January, right? So when Oklahoma's going to play in the Rose Bowl and the best team that they defense they've seen all year is just hot garbage with a 285-pound nose guard, right? And now they got to go play against a 340-pound one. We, we weren't – the Big 12 wasn't preparing them for what would be to come, right? You get out of this conference with one loss now and you 100% are prepared for the size and the speed – of some of these SEC defenses. So, like, I'm very optimistic for the team that can find a way to get themselves into that conversation of a semifinal game. Like, I, they will be ready, in my opinion. I said before the season I thought Oklahoma State and Kansas State would play for the Big 12 title. Um, and I'll, I'll admit I thought Oak State would find a way to beat TCU – I don't know how I feel about my my pick anymore. Who do you oh, think yeah. are the two two best teams in this conference? Who do you think is going to play for the title? What is what is so Texas has how many losses right now? Two, two lost to Alabama, yeah, Alabama and Tech. Tech. So Tech is going to end up being a pretty good loss at the end of the year because have you watched that kid play? I don't. What did they do this weekend, Tech? Uh, I, think, I think they're off. Yeah, so like he, that Morgan kid, I don't know if you watched that Darren game. Morgan, yeah. Bro. He looks like he's got a little dude. something. He went out there and played like he was a grown-ass man. Like, and through the, has the weirdest, uh, most creative arm motion in the league. He is <laughs> sidearming balls. 
He's doing all kinds of crazy stuff. He's running on, moving on the run, throwing the ball down the field. Like Tech is going to end up being a pretty good loss for them. You know, I think that uh, the more comfortable that Ewers gets, you know, the, the more he stands out as the best quarterback in the league. If you get the best quarterback in the league, you're going to get an opportunity. And, you know, considering they've been battle tested against Bama, I don't think there's – and they just beat Iowa State. I don't think there's a defense in the league that's going to make them uncomfortable. And I think that they have a pretty clear path at this point if that kid continues to grow the way that he is. Um, you know, Oklahoma State, Sanders, is Sanders to me, is right there as far as best players in the league. If he's healthy, the Cowboys will find their way to get in. I think they can do that. Um, if he's not, then it won't be them. And now you're looking at, you know, a Kansas State and a TCU probably as the same – I think they're pretty much the same team. Uh, more high-end capability for TCU offensively, but the Kansas State defense can really drag some stuff out. You know, they can make it dirty, a fast-paced, low-scoring game. Um, both great coaches. I mean, who knows? I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's like, I don't know. I have no idea from here on how he's going to make it. I think Texas has got a great chance. If I had to go with two, I'll give me, uh, give me Texas and a healthy Oklahoma State. Yeah, I mean, Texas is entering their gauntlet right now. Yeah. Iowa State at Oklahoma State by week at Kansas State TCU. Yeah. I mean, somebody's going to get in this thing with two losses, right? I mean, one of those teams is going to have two losses. You would just assume. Yeah, I mean, suddenly TCU is looking, you know, looking pretty good here. Um, because when do they play Texas? They play him November 12th in Austin. Yeah, see, like, the, the, here's the deal with that. Like, I, I think the Texas defense is moderate, right? Like, I think that they're good enough, but I think that they're often – they will light up TCU's defense for four quarters. And now the, the – I mean, just like you saw with Oklahoma State, now the goal is to play keep up. And I just can't imagine that they're going to be able to. Texas has probably got the most balanced defense in the league. I don't think they do anything great, but they do everything pretty good. You know what I mean? Like there's no – I don't look at Texas' defense and think, oh, there's a big wart there. I think so. You know, Oklahoma State's defense, the secondary is not good. You know what I mean? Like I just think that Texas is good enough defensively to make it difficult on TCU. And and uh, like I said, yours is – I love that kid. He's fantastic. And he's just getting started. Yeah. Well – Texas found out yesterday how valuable Ryan Watts, the six foot three corner from Ohio State, is because he went out of the game and didn't return uh, with 13 minutes left in the second quarter. And Hunter Deckers went after his replacement and started having success. And suddenly Iowa State's throwing it all over the place. And Texas is shuffling, trying to find an answer. Uh, I didn't realize how valuable. Ryan Watts has been right. to this defense at, at that boundary corner. He's and he left with 13 minutes left in the second quarter, Sam, and he finished as the second leading tackler in the game. Oh, I mean, that's how wow. productive he was early. That's crazy number. And and he's he's played really well. So they got to hope he can get back because they had some freshmen in there uh, who are probably going to be good. Probably haven't done enough film study. Probably haven't prepared like they're going to play. And maybe a week of practice going to Oklahoma State will help if if Watts can't play. Mm-hmm. But that was that's the first wart, as you you know, as you said, that I've seen 
uh, in this defense, you know, since, I mean, they've been getting better and then right. he went out of the game and everything sort of went haywire. Yeah. Hey, you know, I'll say this in regards to the kids that came in for him. Uh, so much of this is just predicated on that initial moment, right? Like if you get that kid comes in and the first pass his way, he deflects, it probably changes the whole course of the way of the rest of the game. You know what I mean? So like, so I feel bad for backup secondary members a lot of the time because you're going to get picked on. And those dudes are like head cases, all of them, right? I mean, like they're just so weird and they, and once they lose their confidence, it's like crap. I'd rather put a corner, a, a, a tight end out there to defend because you're just lost it. You know what I mean? You've lost your, your ability to, um, you can't gather yourself in the middle of a game, especially young players. So a week of practice would help those dudes. I think yeah. that Texas has got too much, too many athletes for them not to be decent in the secondary always. You know I mean? Just a bunch of big, fast kids. So um, we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, that Watts kid is impressive. There's no doubt. He's massive, physical. Um, I'm surprised people try him as much as they do, honestly. Yeah. You know, he just seems like a, a turnover waiting to happen out there. Well, before we let you go, Sam, we gotta got to hit on special teams. Um, size up Oklahoma State's special teams, their strengths and weaknesses. Uh, Gundy's pretty good at, at making sure he's got his main players out there playing special teams. You know, they're, they're not jumping off the page at me. Um, I mean, they're they're pretty good. The Oklahoma State special teams are pretty good. I, I would say that they're probably one of your top three units in the Big 12. Uh you know, the, as far as just straight line speed, you know, I think there's better returners in the Big 12 than what they've got, but they're very well blocked. Those guys know what they're doing. They're creative. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. Uh, you know, this is just tells you the attention to detail. Joey McGuire tries to kick that onside kick, and Gundy's got a guy out there yeah, catching it. You know, I've never in my life seen anything like that. But the preparation that goes into that, the practice, the practice that goes into that, there's a bunch of high-level coaches in this league high level coaches and so yeah i think oklahoma state secondary or their uh, special teams are pretty good mike gundy seems more at ease and i don't want to say since you know boone pickens and mike holder aren't looming over the program anymore um how would you size up gundy's comfortability happiness there at oklahoma state yeah he he looks the part you know he i think he is uh, very settled in, you know, to this version of himself. He's uh, been there, done that, got the T-shirt. You know, he's got every uh, notebook full of things that he's experienced and he can go back and reference, you know, for 15 years on how to deal with certain situations. And uh, I think he's got a great relationship with his quarterback, probably for the first time since Whedon was uh, on the field. I think he probably loved Corn Dog a lot too, but that dude wasn't very good. So, you know what I mean? Like, I think he and him and Sanders are – kind of in lockstep, and, and I think Tim Bertay is doing a great job as new quarterbacks coach. So Gundy is, you know, you bring in a defensive coordinator and and you run the same defense from a year ago, and it's going pretty well. He's a very good coach, and I think he's in a good space. Uh, obviously, having a new president and athletic director than Chad Weiberg that are in lockstep with him. I think he feels like he's got the support that he needs to have success. And, you know, the only thing that, we're, that, that I'm waiting on in Stillwater is to see those recruiting numbers uh, jump up a little bit. I've never seen anything like it. All that dude does is win games. Oklahoma State's got top 10 facilities in the country, and they've had them for a decade. And you're and right now, I think they're sitting at like 63rd. Like, none of it makes any sense today. The world is about this big. You can fly anywhere in a hop, skip, or a jump. Stillwater is a great college town. 
You've been there before, Chip. It's an awesome little college town. Oh, yeah. It's 45 minutes from Oklahoma City. And why, why, why explain to me how Oklahoma can pull all these five-star guys, right, and all these four-star guys, but Oklahoma State, and all they've done is win, right, statistically, right there with Oklahoma as far as winning in the last decade, but they can't recruit. And it just it just drives me nuts. So that's the only thing I'm concerned about at this point. The only thing that drove Pickens nuts, Boone Pickens nuts, was not beating Oklahoma enough. Mm-hmm. And what what do you think that is, Sam? Because I, I think he was two and fourteen uh, going into last year's game. So what? He's three and fourteen. Yeah, um, there. That's probably a nerve for me too because. You know, the last 10 years, there's probably eight of those games that they've had an opportunity in. Right. And a, a sideline mistake killed them. And I honestly thought when Riley took the job from Stoops that maybe because maybe I thought it was I thought it was just Bob. Bob had a way about him in that game. For sure. I think less less bit Bob early in his career. Less and, miles. Yeah. And yeah. Less miles. And, and so because we, we got him twice in back to back years and we should have got him. A third time my senior season, uh, if it wasn't for a kick that we missed to go into overtime. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just like this thing, and it's clear that it's something. And I, you know, we can't, we can only speculate, uh, but it's like it's in his head, and uh, it's a struggle. But this year, he's, I mean, I don't know. The team that he's got from top to bottom is pretty good. Uh, I, w- I would hope that, you know, based off of what we saw from Oklahoma the last four weeks, I mean, they did pretty good yesterday. They found a way to bounce back, but. You know, that Daniels kid is out there for Kansas. I think that's a much different game. Uh, the defense just not very good. They didn't make as many mistakes yesterday, but, you know, Oklahoma's not very good this year. Mike Gunner right. should absolutely beat them. Yeah. Yeah, I thought Oklahoma State absolutely should have won the conference championship last year. Correct. Couldn't couldn't believe the the turnovers, the and then coming up an inch short on the, you know, on the goal line play. But, um yeah, I think this game Saturday is a huge test for Texas. They've not been good away from Austin under Steve Sarkeesian. They're two and six, and um, you know, one of those was a neutral site win, you know, two weeks ago over Oklahoma. So, in in true hostile environments, road road, you know, the opposing team's home stadium, um, you know, one and five under Steve Sarkeesian uh, with the one win being at TCU last year. So yeah, to prove it, they got to prove it on the road. So that, you know, I, I think that um, Oklahoma state from a home field advantage, like though they get down in Stillwater now, I mean, it'll be the paddles, the pads are right oh, on top yeah. of you. Oh yeah. Those, those, the fan base is incredible. Um, they do an excellent job impacting the game. It's an educated fan base. You know, like, you know, what I, when it's third and, and, and eight, they're cheering before someone tells them to. You know what I mean? Right. Like they, they are, they will impact this game. It'll probably be the most hostile environment that I guess Texas has played in. You know, Tech gets down too, but Stillwater's a little more intimate, a little tighter to the field. Um, you know, they'll, they absolutely will have an impact. Well, Sam, really enjoy the conversation every time we have it. Um, great stuff, and and thanks to everybody for listening uh, to the flagship podcast preview of texas oklahoma state saturday 2 30 on abc for sam mays i am chip brown until next time we'll see you over at horns 24 7.com stay safe and keep the faith 
Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.